Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this Friday's Keep Calm and Cope CoronaCast. I'm Susan Freeman, and my friends Lindsay Griffiths and Marcy Schunk are on the show today. Our friend Katie Barnard cannot make it today, um, but that's fine. We come and go, and we have different voices and different stories each week. This week, ladies, we're going to talk about something many people struggle to do because we all project and we all assume someone is communicating the way we would communicate if we said something via email, text, or other digital means. So the topic is listening with empathy through digital means. Um, first of all, for those who you know, want to share their own definition of what empathy is, what, what is empathy to you, Lindsay? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a tough one because um, I'm an empath. So for me, empathy ends up meaning a lot of taking on someone else's emotions as um, onto myself. Um, so for me, empathy is a lot of um, listening and um, taking on someone else's, um, what their emotional state is. Um, and identifying with what their emotions are um, and being sensitive to what they are as a part of their body language, their verbal communication, their nonverbal communication. So it's sort of the whole package. So I'll tell you, I am an empath as well. And we've talked about this before. It's like being a sponge, but for people's energy. And, you know, like me today, usually I'm pretty peppy. You know, my energy is annoyingly positive. Oh, I think that our friend Katie is, uh, oh no, that's Marcy coming in again. So there are two Marcy's today. Yay. We're so lucky. <laughs> we called her. I guess Double we the have, trouble. <laughs> we have Marcy on the phone and Marcy on the computer. So yay, two Marcy's. Um, what I was saying is that we're like sponges. We take on other people's feelings. And right now, um, I'm not as perky as I normally am. I had a difficult time sleeping. Uh, I'm sure you're feeling that. So. Thank you for being honest about what empathy is to you as an empath um, for, and I don't want to say normal people because we as empaths are still normal people, but for those who are not quite the sponges, energy sponges that we are, um, it's like really paying attention to the other person's position. Uh, and I don't mean position just by, you know, proxemics or, or body movements or stance, but their mental, emotional, and intellectual, all, all those, their standpoint from those um, areas. W what do you think empathy means to you, uh, Marcy? Both Marcy's, one of the Marcy's. <laughs> <laughs> Only one is speaking. Uh, you know, this is interesting. So in my marriage, this was something that we would talk about towards towards the end is I don't think either of us was naturally empathetic. And we used to make jokes that my ex-husband you know, didn't understand the concept of empathy. And, and we still make jokes occasionally that he's still working on it. So <laughs> the idea, I think, is something, there's, there's sympathy, which is more, you know, you can see what the person is going through and feel like, wow, I'm sorry you're going through that. Empathy is almost you share the feeling in some way or you've experienced it in some way. And so you genuinely have some kind of response to it that evokes emotion in you, or that's how I think about it. Yeah, and I think that's a great definition or way to look at it. 
And I don't know that empathy is necessary. It, it certainly isn't something that always comes easily to me. I am on the spectrum of, you know, task versus people oriented. I am more on the task side. I am results oriented to the point where I have had, you know, training and when they do your personality test and everything to the point where they have to remind me, or I know right now <laughs> I have to remind myself that there are people involved and people have emotions and it's not just about getting to the end point. So Marcy, let me is, ask you, what are you on the disc profile? Oh, I want to say I'm a D, but I don't remember. You're I think a I'm a D little C. Yeah, you're a D. Uh, you're for yeah. sure a D. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's a lot of leadership right there. Um, EQ with that D or, or, you know, a lot of empathy with that D makes for a really, really great leader. So I'm glad you're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll say this. It's so hard, even in real life. Like, I think every show we talk about your husband. I know we talk about mine, but... Um, and, and, and we talk about Katie's baby, and sometimes we talk about Lindsay's niece. So <laughs> I love this, getting to know the whole um, crew. But when you talk about your husband, you're talking about communicating face-to-face. And even then, empathy is a struggle and it's difficult. Imagine, well, you don't have to imagine because I'm sure you go through this. Empathy through digital means. So when you get a text message or an email, what did that person mean? I need to assume positive intent. Um, Mm-hmm. To me, it sounded this way. Is it because I'm in a bad mood that I took it that way? Or am I in a great mood and this person actually is not? You know, so it's very difficult. And now that we're stuck at home, working from home because of COVID-19, we're all communicating digitally. Even if it's a Zoom meeting where the video is off, like what we're doing right now, it's hard. You have to rely on tone of voice, pace of speech you know, the delivery means as much or more than the content itself. So I think that there's some tips. If anybody's listening today, because we're also, I know I'm tired today, but if anybody's going to power through this um, podcast today, here's some tips when you're um, communicating through digital means. Avoid the negative. Yeah. Sorry to, to, to butt in, but I think it's really interesting that you bring this up because actually <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday um, because I think it's not, it's actually not just through digital means. I, I think obviously right now it's very important that we discuss the digital piece because it really brings it so much to the forefront for the reasons that you, you mentioned. Um, but she pointed out that I tell myself a lot of stories about things and I make a lot of assumptions when I'm thinking about people's intent and emotions. And that's not always a good thing um, because I need to do a better job of communicating instead of assuming. So I might assume someone is upset with me and react because I'm making that assumption. And because I'm an empath, a lot of times I'm right about that. But it's better to, like I had a conversation really recently with some friends because I was upset with the way that we were communicating. And so I said to them, you know, this is what I need from you. This is why I'm upset. And it made things much better, but I, it took me a week to get to that point. And I'm really upset in the lead up. Um, and I, I do that a lot where I don't talk to people and I just make assumptions. So I think, you know, especially, as you say, with, right. And especially yeah. mm-hmm. in this digital time where 
the the ability to assume is so much greater i think that uh, that need for communication is so much the, more the important. tendency to assume yes you're right and i want to yes. say something lindsay yesterday you and marcy and i had a situation where um i was thinking you meant one thing and you meant something totally other than that and marcy was the victim of this whole thing and i'm like it's on the page it's on the page and um so finally um on a side conversation without the three of us on messenger lindsay wrote to me you know basically laid it out a b c d e f g and i was like oh i thought you meant a b c x y z and <laughs> with that i was like no problem no problem so it was an exercise it takes a lot more time and attention and assuming good intent and it takes is this person and is this relationship worth going through this you know it it as as we all three know all the messaging can get it's like oh my god we're just rattling it off typing on the keyboard what is the end uh, what is my desired outcome okay mine is to be understood and to be heard um and then also to understand you and to hear you and i think lindsay you stepped in sort of a like the united nations has a simultaneous interpreter <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a great example. I was like, wow, your, look at that. Yeah. Your point about the willingness to communicate on all sides is, is a valuable one though. And I think that's, as you say, the goal here is, is a better relationship for all of us. And that was the same with my friends and that situation where, you know, I, I think in the situation that we're all in with COVID-19, um, there can be that desire to sort of speed through some of these digital conversations and just get through the Zoom calls, get through the texts. Um, in a lot of cases, you are for the first time asking people, you know, how are you doing and, and really caring about the answer. Um, but I think <laughs> we have to be willing to ask those questions and deal with some of the nuances of the answers in a way that we have been able to before so um you know yeah. i'm glad we're addressing definitely i don't even know how many years ago i was at a conference but i struggled i guess unknowingly at the time probably with reading people's emails and reading you know, if it was a short, abrupt email, you read it as being said in a short, abrupt way, as opposed mm -hmm. to a person who simply is busy and looking for efficiency and just shooting out the, the direct point. And that was my tendency. I would just, I would get something and I would say, okay, this is what I need. And I would respond back with a very succinct, you know, direct email that was then pointed out to me could be misconstrued as uncaring or I don't know, I don't know, bossy is not the right word, but just not necessarily being sensitive to the other person's situation. And so even to this day, I consciously, when I'm going through email, if I get something in, whether it's from a colleague or client or anybody or somebody who is doing work for me, I will turn around, I will write the paragraph about the content, about what it is that I'm looking to get out of this or responding to the questions that are, that are the meaty pieces. And then I will go in and add a sentence or two at the beginning and a sentence or two at the end that is the actual like, oh, I'm a person and you're a person and I need to acknowledge that <laughs> as part of this communication because mm -hmm. it, 
and for me, it, it was at some points a conscious effort to slow down and take the time to add that in to, in order to continue to build and establish relationships through the digital means. So Marcy, I'll say you speak male through digital means in your original. So that's a lot of men just are very direct. They put the answer to the question. They don't decorate it with niceties that open or close the email message or text message. Um, they use fewer emojis. It's, uh, it's a really interesting thing that you yourself were more direct and then decided we need to cushion the, the front of this message and the back end of this message. I think that's super great. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm the one on the receiving end of those. It's like, wow, is she mad? Is she hurt? What's wrong? What did I say? There's Lindsay too. What what happened? You know why? And Lindsay, I want to talk just really quickly about something you just said. Um, as an empath, you usually are right about that. What about those times where the person denies it, and you know you're right, and you are right, and you just gotta let that go. It's so hard to just say, yeah, okay, moving on. I'll take you for your word, even though I know for sure that you were upset and that's why you sent that or whatever. Um, I'm one of those people too. So I know that happens. Um, you that's know. a good point. Um, that's a good point. And I guess, you know, it depends on the kind of relationship you have with yes. the person. Um, I think, you know, the thing that I've been trying to learn and um, I'm hoping the therapy will teach me. I, you're right. I mean, you, you have to let it go. If the person doesn't want to explore it, that's right. just where you're at. Um, but I think when you have um, a relationship where both parties really want to make that stronger, you do have to air whatever that quote unquote dirty laundry is, even if it's something both sides don't want to hear. Um, because, you know, I know for me, as much as I beat myself up over things that are, I guess, negative, and you know, you don't even have to label them that way, but construct, let's say, constructive criticism, um, it's it does make it better to say, like, okay, this is a way that we can communicate better. I'm glad you told me that I need to do X, Y, and Z for us to be better communicators, and you know that this wasn't a, a working effectively in our relationship, and and I can be doing that better. Um, and you are mad at me for that. Um, and I, I would rather that I have that conversation with someone than I walk around on eggshells or I walk around with that sick feeling in my stomach all the time. Um, but if the person doesn't want to address that, then I have to respect that too. And it just means that, you know, th maybe they're just not in a place for that type of open communication. Um, and that's, that's fine. And maybe we'll get to that point at some point point um or maybe not um but you know that's and if not that... is that a person who's really your friend that you want to continue a relationship with anyway so yeah so right right unless it's a family member and you have to I mean, oh i don't know girl yeah i'm jewish look i'm jewish and italian <laughs> and there have been family members that i have said goodbye to and not even with it's, a nice it's note. very easy to disown and yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. But see, I see, I'm Irish, and so in our family, it's a lot of like, don't ask, don't tell. So, oh, not my, my not my family. Poor Michael. <laughs> Mike is a waspy guy who married into this spicy Italian and Jewish woman's family. So, um, yeah, uh, not that I had anything to do with my two brothers who have passed away, but um, I was not close at all with them, and I had personally distanced myself from them years before um, and for Michael to witness how 
I totally divorced them from me and me from them in their lifetimes. And then when they passed, it was like, you know, people may not understand this, especially if you're close to your family members, but if you have some family members that you're not close to and that you would think of separating from, you might understand this, but literally, I mean, it's a healthy place to be able to step outside of yourself and say, you know, this person is not good for me, was not good to me. I don't need this person in my life. And that's Mm -hmm. that. And that's how I am. So I love you ladies. Don't worry. I'm not, (laughs) you're not on the list, but (laughs) (laughs) we're not getting asked. That's good. (laughs) Live live, Live to record another day. Um, yes. But to complicate matters further, you know, relationships with the specific people we're talking about, um, maybe someone who sent you that message, Marcy, the the brief to the point message, you have to think about your feelings that you have toward that person particularly. That helps to frame your projection. You know, that's like, oh, I know her so well. She she meant this. Coming from her, she meant this. So or or from him, he meant this. That's really mm-hmm. helpful. But who who stops and thinks that deeply other than the three of us on the call? Because I know we all do. Um, we think <laughs> a lot about everything. But who in their normal day-to-day stops and thinks that deeply? And, you know, unpacks, as a lot of people say these days, or dissects a message. And then the sender and their intent and all that stuff. So it's really hard, you know. How can we avoid miscommunication in the digital age? Well, go ahead, Lindsay. Yeah, I think we're, as we're doing more and more digital communication at the moment, I do think that a lot of the things that we had been doing sort of automatically, which again, you know, a lot of that came slowly for some of us, but naturally as we adjusted to this digital communication, grew up with it, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of that we were doing just as part of our automatic reaction. But now I think because we're doing it all the time, we are starting, I hope we're starting to do it a little more thoughtfully and with intention. So I think that is, is the thing that we have to do right now too, is just be a little more thoughtful about things. Um, I think everyone, especially at this point in quarantine is tired and exhausted and, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who say, you know, you have sort of three good days and then it's a bad day. Um, and so oh, yeah. that, that yeah. was me. I said, yeah. we're like avocados. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was you. That's right. Avocados. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you have three good days and then all of a sudden rotten. Um, so I think, you know, you have to do things with that pause in mind. So before you send an email or when you receive an email also like, don't just read it very quickly. It's like, wait, um, same thing with text messages or zoom, um, you know, because we are sort of stuck in this, this digital thing. So, um, you know, I think you've got some great tips here too, is, um, you have to remember, like maybe your initial take on the message isn't right. Um, as you said, Susan, before, like for empaths, it might be, but Again, as Marcy Marcy pointed out, and I tend to be the same way with emails where I have to go back and be like, did I write this in too short a tone because I'm just trying to be efficient? Like that's always been my personality. Yeah. Um, So you have to consider the sender, make sure that, you know, maybe you're not reading it the right way or are you? Um, And it just depends on the person. Um, As you said a couple of times, Susan, assume goodwill. 
and if you if it is somebody you know well and you really do feel like maybe the message is short or not you know there may be something else going on there you can ask them i mean this is, <laughs> this is the beauty of what my therapist told me yesterday she was like in a lot of cases too what's the worst that can happen you know ask somebody genuinely is something else going on um again this can be tough if you're talking about a business relationship where it's clients and you don't want to say like are you okay um but you can you can, you can ask your clients that too and say you know right. i i've reached out to my clients in the past couple of weeks and just said how is everything going can i help you with something just totally without you know needing to ask them for anything uh, you know i'm not trying to send them anything i'm not trying to ask them to do anything for me just say or how are you are you okay what can we do for you um and just on a personal level not professionally so um it's okay to sometimes ask somebody in a business relationship are you okay is something else going on um, and the worst they can say is no so sometimes people especially i think right now just need to talk to you and that may be the, the door opening for them to do that. Just be willing to answer them if they do suddenly dump on you that the, there's a whole <laughs> lot going on. <laughs> yes, right? I you think I'm that, that person. I'm the person that takes <laughs> you seriously when you say, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, and then I tell you and you're like, uh, I got to go. Not you personally, but <laughs> right, I'm saying, right. I, I, I forget that people just say that sometimes in passing. And so I literally, and, and they don't really, they don't really want to know the answer. Yeah. Right. Right. But, don't say it if you don't mean it because Susan Freeman will open up to you and tell you her life story. Um, for sure. I actually find that, um, I am able to not take things personally in most business situations. Right. So I don't know if it's just from having been in contact with clients and people over time, I just acknowledge very easily. Okay oh, they're busy, they're having a bad day, or, or that's not their intent. And I have no problem in a business situation separating that. Personally, I'm, I'm a wreck. And so in, in a personal communication, I will often misinterpret or interpret something into a message or a lack of message <laughs> yeah. that may or may not be there, right? So I had, you know, everybody has their whatever issues from childhood. And for me, mine's abandonment. And so if I text somebody and I don't receive a response from them, you know, within an hour or two, initially I'll try and be like, oh, well, clearly they're busy or, oh, this. And then another hour goes by and I'm like, what the hell? They don't yeah. care. Clearly. Well, you know what and, you need to do, Marcy, is you say they dropped their phone in some water or they lost their phone. You know, go there and say, you know, their phone is broken, the battery and then, died. And then eliminate all expectation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. We wanna we wanna preserve your incredibly brilliant brain and your warm heart that sometimes you um hide, you know, to, to keep safe. So if you have to tell killer clowns. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have found what Lindsay says, asking people directly is useful yes. um, and working on that, but also sometimes getting off of the digital means. And I know telephone is still in some ways digital, but picking up the phone and just having that conversation as opposed to sitting there and waiting for that response can be incredibly useful. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, on a lighter note, let's um, think about the use I know from my work and this, you know, my passion, geeky passion for social sciences, 
I studied a lot of why were emojis created? What, what prompted that? And it's because when texting came out, people were fighting with, they were misinterpreting messages because of what you said earlier, Marcy, they're so short and to the point and direct that everyone was assuming negative intent and they were trying to use the old fashioned phone to catch up and find out what you send that for and what do you mean by that? And how snarky and snotty was that? when really none of that was the intent of the sender. So they created emojis. So I have this question, um, use emojis or not? Now that we're working from home and it's still business that we're conducting, should we use emojis or not? I um, don't typically use emojis in work communications. I do use them in personal communications. Same. I mean, I'm, I might use them in work communications if it's a work colleague that I know really well, uh, but otherwise, no. Um, but I, I do think it's funny because work emoji or work emojis, emojis in general <laughs> tend to be used to soften the blow a lot of times too. So I think you might use them if you're delivering bad news or saying something that's maybe not so nice or polite and you want to just not be so harsh and so you'll throw an emoji in there to maybe soften the blow a little bit that's exactly why they were created Lindsay. Exactly. <laughs> i want to tell you when i worked in a law firm it's a very formal like extremely formal like so formal it's like is this the 1840s formal so um i had sent um leadership books to several attorneys whom i greatly respected and one of them had his secretary send me a message saying, who do you think you are trying to teach me how to lead? And I was like, what? Y'all know me. I send books to everybody. I love books. And so the managing partner with whom I was very close um, wrote me a message and said, I cannot believe have we become this firm that we can't give a gift without being judged negatively. She was really miffed. And so I wrote her back in kind to say, thank you for your support. And my intention was great. Um, and I put the heart emoji, you know, the, the less than three. Yeah. Okay. So obviously there were no emojis on our work email there, but um, I put the less than three and this is such a formal place. And she'd worked there all of her career. Like she'd never worked anywhere else. She wrote me back. She said, what is less than three mean? <laughs> and I wrote her back and I said the less than three is the a heart on its side you know like it's I love you and that just wasn't you know it was like did she just do that at this place you know so it was really funny because um later on that day I got an email back and she wrote me back and she wrote out the words I less than three you too <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was so cute and so sweet, but it did teach me a lesson that that's just not normal there. Like, you know, the fact that she didn't even know what that was, I'm like, that's so sad. No one's ever sent her a heart. What? You know? Um, but yeah. yeah, so you're probably right. Keep them out of the work communication in the normal setting. But what about now that we're working from home and we can't pop by someone's office or, you know, always pick up the phone or, you know, are there, are there times when you think, I know you said when you're softening the blow, do you think there's any time when you use the angry emoji in a work email? Oh, um, 
depends. <laughs> probably not. I don't think I've ever used the anger emoji in any, I don't, yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, I, I mean, reserve maybe, it for Facebook. Yeah, maybe I, with my dad. I mean, <laughs> for people who are not familiar with my work situation, my dad used to be the executive director of my company and is now retired. Um, so he and I, like, depending on what we're talking about, we might use a lot of emojis back and forth to each other. But that's also because he's my father, not, you know, I wouldn't if he was typically my boss, I think. Um, but definitely sense. not. Yeah. I mean, even with the, the lawyers that I'm particularly close with, I don't think I would use the anger emoji. Um, but um, I don't think I've ever been particularly angry enough to, I mean, I have been extremely angry at work. Don't get me wrong, but I, not in a way that I would repeat to any of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't know, I mean, the anger emoji or, or even just expressing anger. I don't know that email is, is the place or how I would communicate that in any situation. Uh, will I text angry text? I'll occasionally no, no, will, snarky. Will you, oh, but no, no, no. I, I said, will you emoji? save it? No, I said, will you save emoji? You said uh, it's not the place in work email, but what about for text or I know in Messenger because we've all used emojis like crazy in Messenger. Um, yeah. on Facebook, but, uh, what about a text to, to someone? I, yes, I use emojis and text. Usually I use emojis when I'm being sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I want to make sure it comes across as sarcastic or, or teasing as opposed to being a prick. Um, but <laughs> the, I don't, I don't know. The anger emoji in particular, I don't know that I've ever, I've occasionally used the one with like the little eyebrow up, like, like, are you really going to go there kind of one? But no, I feel like anger is not something I'd want to do over text either. Good, good yeah. job. Yeah, that's, that's true. So um, let's, I'm going to, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Maybe there's a listener or two out there who might be as well. I'm not sure, but um, I love the study of emojis, emoticons, where they came from, what their intent is, how they um, help to create meaning of words that otherwise can be misinterpreted. But we also must realize there are some emojis that can create as much confusion as any direct message might have created such as the wink. Okay. So let's think about the <laughs> wink emoji. Um, you know, using the wink emoji, you could mean I'm joking. It could be, you know, signaling something that you didn't otherwise mean, or just like in real life, is it appropriate for a boss to wink at his or her employee? No, I don't think so. But um, do we use the wink emoji? Do either of you use the wink emoji? I use it a ton. Me too. I use it all. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. And here's the big closing question. And folks, we're going to put a little bit of the research only because I'm a geek and I love this stuff. We're going to put it out in the notes, the show notes after. Um, because seriously, emojis are another way of communicating. We use words, we use body language, we use facial expressions, and now we use emojis. So I love you. generation. Exactly. Entire generation. Totally. Their vernacular. Exactly. I even love the word emoji, emoji, emoji. I mean, I could say it all day long. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, I'm going to ask the, the closing question. It's a big one. Um, 
I have never used this. I don't know why they even put it in there, but apparently it's popular because some kids showed up at my door at trick or treat in a poop emoji costume. So <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, you've turned into the poop emoji. You don't need any chocolate. You don't get any candy. Go away. <laughs> I was like, that's horrible. But have you ever used the poop emoji? No. And you know it's not originally a poop emoji, right? Are you going to tell me it's chocolate frozen yogurt? Originally, it was supposed to be the chocolate ice cream. Yep. And, uh, but everybody thought it was poop. So now it's poop. No, it's poop. I love it. We have, that's we have so poop, American. Poop emoji think... pillows. You do? What? I yes. Say that again, Marcy, because I was talking over you. So say it again. What did you say? I said, we have poop emoji pillows. In oh my God. I have two boys. There you <laughs> go. There so you it's go. All time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have asked for better clothes. That is hilarious. I was like, they're going to be so thrown off when I talk about poop emoji. But no, you just hit it right out of the park like it was no big deal. I own poop emoji pillows. So there. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Marcy for the win, for sure. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, this was a fun podcast. It started off serious and then it got fun. And remember, <laughs> folks, it is serious trying to communicate effectively through uh, digital means and, and with empathy. And especially during COVID-19, we are super stressed out. We're working more than we should be. We're not taking the self-care breaks. I certainly can't go to the spa or go to a hot tub or get a massage or any of that good stuff that I would normally want to do at least once a month. And it's starting to show, um, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, wow, you've been in meetings all day, back to back. When do you have time to shower? And I'm like, well, if it rains, I step outside. <laughs> you know? yeah. So everybody's getting that way. We just need to hang in there, stay tough, stay close, um, you know, text, email, call, pick up the phone, call or Zoom, you know, do a Zoom meeting. But thank you so much for being my posse and letting me text you at all hours of the night with random <laughs> thoughts that come to my head and then to share on this podcast with um, each other. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Susan. Thanks both Marcy's and a Lindsay. What a great day. All right. Bye everybody.